This is the Truth Network. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. Forever now, I I got oh man that song it just has it's just unbelievably rich with what actually Christian Bush is talking about there he's talking about say yes to the dress is the actual theme song that he wrote but the idea is we are gonna get some dresses <laughs> we get dressed up at the wedding supper. Uh, the Feast of the Wedding Supper, that's what that's kind of about. But today on the Christian Car Guy Show, you're like, Robbie, what in the world? Well, here we go. So it's really, this show is a couple of things. Number one, it's my week in prayer. In other words, I don't know if you're like me, but <laughs> Jesus just gives you enough manna for today. And in this week has certainly been a day-by-day thing. And so I thought it might be helpful to kind of take you through where Jesus took me because I'm thinking some people are afraid of the same thing I'm afraid of. And so how Jesus came after those fears this week is kind of where I'm going with a lot of this. That Rocket Man thing? Oh, my goodness. Wait till you find out what that little significant nugget that Jesus gave me about Rocket Man, about NASA. Oh, man, we're going to talk about that. But then at the bottom of the hour, we have... A gigantic episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. It's actually longer than we ever do. It's two segments long. It is River Rock Retaliation, the finale. So <laughs> I'm very excited about that. But I don't know if you ever thought about it, but ever since the Garden of Eden, we felt exposed. <laughs> right, Bob? And I'm sitting there. Bob's got a mask on. I'm, I'm proud because he's his mother-in-law right she's mother-in-law's uh been battling cancer had uh finished up chemo recently and uh you know we're just trying to do everything we can i'm trying to not take cooties around her and not take no cooties home to my wife that might take them to her so what so, i yeah. all i can do is is what i'm gonna do so yeah so you know say yes to the dress has to do with getting your nakedness covered up it's kind of the story from like, oh, my goodness, we lost our dress <laughs> to, you know, Jesus is going to find some 
that for us and in that hope, right? I want you to picture with me, uh, Alan Wright did a show with me this week with Mike Zwick's If Not For God, and, and he talked about Christmas Day. And Christmas Day is a feast, which the Bible's full of feasts. And, and so when you think about the word hope, you know, a lot of us think of like, I hope, I'm, you know, a little girl's going to say, I hope I get a pony for Christmas. Well, she doesn't necessarily really think she's going to get a pony, but she's just hoping that she would. But if you saw her about December 10th and you saw her running around all excited and you said, you know, darling, what, what are you excited about? She'd say, oh, Christmas is coming. And I'm going to get a pony. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's hoping for a pony, but she knows that Christmas is coming. See, that's biblical hope. Hope is knowing that you're going to get the dress, Bob. I mean, hope is knowing that you are going to get covered. There is no exposure where we're headed. So as I've talked about many times, you know, Jesus just comes after me every morning and I spend time there. And so I thought it would be helpful to go through, you know, what I do exactly kind of after I do my daily prayer, which I've done on the air before, and it's all there at my website, or you can get the podcast of my daily prayer. But part of the prayer is I ask Jesus three questions these days. And the first question I ask him after I've spent some time in prayer I say, Jesus, what are you praying for me today? And this mm. opens up some cans of worms that like, oh my gosh, because he knows your heart. He, he's, he knows what it is that I'm actually, you know, in and the game plan for today, right? So Jesus, what are you praying for me today? Then I ask him, what's the word? And a, a specifically a, a word that, that we're going to use to learn from what it is that you are praying for me, and then I ask for a scripture that would be applicable to that word. So, with that in mind, March 24th, I asked Jesus, what are you praying for me? He says, I'm praying, Robbie, that you don't lose heart, that you wouldn't be afraid, because I've overcome the world. Now, that was really cool, because he kind of gave me the fear of the Lord word, the fear, which was Yara and in, in Hebrew, but then he took me to John 16, 33, which says, I have said these things to you in me, in me that you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, right? Remember, he said he was going to pray that I don't lose heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Well, the word that went into that that really just wowed me, wowed me, wowed me is the word tribulation because I backed it in from the Subjuitant back into Hebrew and here's what the word is, is it's actually matzor in Hebrew. I'm not probably saying that right, but the cool thing is that the translation of it means siege. Now think about what you've experienced this week. You, you know what I'm saying, Bob? If you feel like you're under siege. There's a lot of people feeling that way, I can tell you that. And you're surrounded. But if you look, there's some beautiful stuff inside that word siege in Hebrew, because the word starts out with a mem, which is the letter from Messiah, which means Jesus. And so the second letter is what I call a Zadok. It's that letter that looks like a tree that he is going to make, and he did make everything right, by the way, on a tree. So where Jesus is going to make everything right is a seat. I mean, think about the tribulation. He's going to make everything right. I mean, it's just, that's the deal. That's and the deal. And you talk about the beautiful stuff inside, and 
I've noticed that. I've always been the one to look for positive here and positives where not many positives were, you know, just very apparent. And uh, just yesterday, a young lady lives across the street, and she's supposed to be in the eastern part of the state doing her student teaching right now. And but because of the situation, she's at home and her and her father were out there and they were doing stuff. And it just like, wow, that just really warms my heart because he got some extra time with his daughter that he wouldn't have got without this. I'm getting the same thing. My daughter's home from college and, and I and I get to get that. And so, you know, like, wow, wow, which has to do with my next day, which happens to be March 27th. So. Jesus, what do you, I mean, March 26th, um, excuse me, March 25th. And the next day was, he wants me to understand the value of a day, right? And he takes me to Genesis 1-5, and God called the night, you know, the, the, the light day, and he called the darkness night. And, and the idea of that was that I heard this podcast from Sam Eldridge, who lost his son, Mom. It and when he lost his son, he was really, really struggling, and he couldn't find any Bible verse that really helped him feel better. But what did make him feel better was to say that there was only one story, and he actually wrote it on his mirror above, you know, on in his bathroom. And the idea being that nothing is happening that's random. It's all the story that is coming to Jesus coming back. It's all the story that... You know, everything is going to work out eventually. We don't know all the details, but Christmas is coming. <laughs> there is one one story, um, and all these things will are going to come back together. And in the meantime, like you say, in that day, for today, you know, I get to enjoy my daughter. I get to enjoy more time with my wife. I get to enjoy, you know, this rest, which we're going to get to. And, oh, my goodness, you're going to. When you hear about this rocket man, this NASA thing, when we are, you're, you're, it's really, really cool. That's one of the things that's coming up. But Bob, you know, a day can change everything. Absolutely. Um, when you mentioned the gentleman losing his son, uh, um, it just really rang my bell. And him, you know, not not being able to find the verse, I knew there was no definite answer for me right then so i didn't get caught up so many people just shut completely down and i just found a way to move forward and know that the answer was down the road quite a quite a bit for me one day at a time that's a cool thing when we come back we're going to be rocking and then you're listening to the truth network and truthnetwork.com t-minus 15 seconds guidance is internal 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Today on The Christian Car Guy, how Jesus came after my fears in prayer. <clears throat> sort of my week in prayer, but also I should mention at the bottom of the hour, we've got the 
um, Christian Car Guy Theater. Two episodes coming. That's awesome. And um, the Jesus Labor Love. <clears throat> Bob, as you can imagine, the needs keep coming at us fast and furious. Had some really generous donations. I'm so grateful this week for people that have chipped in. But the needs are great. And, and if there was ever a time where people needed a car to get to the doctor and all those kind of things. So I'm thankful for the ministry, thankful for a chance to help, thankful for your prayers. As as always, we we got to talk about that. But, you know, prayer is kind of where the rubber meets the road, Bob. <laughs> you see so many people really stepping up. And um, on the news this morning, they were talking about this one giving $5 million and that one giving $5 million and people just being so generous, you know, and uh, it, it warms my heart that, that people are getting behind this and realizing that, you know, that we have got to all pull together, you know. And speaking of pulling together, so moving on to March 26th, let me give you a little background why Jesus may have come after this particular part of me. I, I share a house right now with three women. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> my daughter, who's home from college, is really kind of upset from being home from college. She'd really rather be in college. And then, my, of course, my wife and my mother-in-law. So we got three generations. And Bless your heart. <laughs> things have gotten a little testy at times as we're all kind of there together and everybody's scared and worried about all these different things. And, and, and the night before this happened, my daughter came in the room, you know, very, very, very mad because my mother-in-law had set the thermostat up and, you know, she likes it warm or I likes it cool. And there was a screaming match and all this stuff was going on. I don't know if you have that in your family. I'm just guessing you do. I'm just guessing this is something that's, that's common and Jesus. You're not talking to me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, Jesus says, he wants me to better understand forgiveness. <laughs> and, and, and specifically, the word forgiveness you, is really cool. This is where you get the rocket man. In Hebrew, it's NASA, N-A-S-A. If you were to transcribe that into English, which, you know, is a nun, a shin, and an aleph. But NASA is really how you would kind of say it and how you would kind of spell it. So, and NASA in Hebrew, has to do with lifting a burden, right? Lifting something up. So you think of NASA, a rocket. So we got this situation. And, and for those of us who play football, the best way I know to put this, in fact, your doctor driving said this one time. I've never forgotten. It's very, very helpful. It, for me, it is. That what's happened is somebody has missed a block. Now, if you're on that team, you either make up for that person missing the block. If you get mad about that person missing the block, then you're not doing anybody any good. But if you just go to try to help out the guy that missed the block, then all of a sudden, you know, things become a little bit better. So let's look inside that word a little bit, you know, as we talk about in the Hebrew. The first letter is this nun, which means faith. And, and and the idea actually is that God is going to, once again, God's got this, right? And, and I need to lift up this situation in faith 
and and there's a fire underneath that thing. It's called a shin. It's kind of like that rocket taking off, right? <laughs> and that last letter in Hebrew is an aleph, which means the father. So you're kind of lifting this situation up to the father to say, look, I, I you're going to handle that. Let me do what I can do to reassure the people that are involved. How can I give that to you? There's lots that can be said about forgiveness, but I imagine that a lot of houses right now could use a whole lot of us taking all that stuff that's going on and giving people grace and meanwhile give them the forgiveness that you've been given, right? Because you've done a whole lot worse than just missed a block. In, or I should, I, I've done a whole lot worse than this. Let's point that finger right here where it belongs, right? Like I need your forgiveness in so many different ways. So like, oh my goodness, what a great word that was. And I needed it so bad that day. And I'm, I'll never forget now NASA, like you got to lift. And, and interestingly, just a little side note that I find beautiful is that when it says, don't take the name of the Lord, your God in vain, the word take there is NASA. So the idea is you're not supposed to lift up God's name for vain purposes, right? Same word, NASA, forgiveness. It's interesting. And, and the scripture there that he gave me was, you know, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquity of the sin. I mean, thousands, obviously billions, right? So, wow. And I'm going to skip to 27th because we're, we're, we're going to run out of time, but I don't want to miss what he gave me this morning, right? And, and, and it has to do with he wanted to be, me to become aware of what it meant to be exposed. <laughs> and the word naked, <laughs> this has to do with that. Warren Buffett put it like this. If you're not wearing a bathing suit and the tide goes out, you're exposed. <laughs> That's the point of the deal. Well, if you're not wearing the blood of Jesus, let me just explain to you that you're exposed. Okay. And, and the idea of that, that you've been getting these wedding clothes together ever since you know you were born has to do with how you really get covered so that you don't have to worry about being exposed, Bob, to any pestilence. But in God's eyes, <clears throat> excuse me, in God's eyes, we're all exposed. We think we can hide stuff from him. <laughs> I always did. Oh, God won't know about that one, you know. But, you know, we're exposed fully at all times want to thank you for having me here today. It's been a really great thing to be here. It's great to have you back, Bob. I missed you last week, last month, because we, we, but we're going to get it from now on. We got it. Thank you for being here, Bob. And we got, don't forget, Christian Car Guy Theater coming up. Two episodes. I mean, oh my goodness, two segments of it. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Time now for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode, River Rock Retaliation, the finale. There's a whole bunch of happenings going on in our little town of River Rock. 
not the least of which include the nefarious demons Nagadana, Nakashi, Zemia, and Shaddam. They're limping back into town after having been driven out by God's good angels. To get totally caught up, just go to the podcast and get all the River Rock Retaliation episodes. Now, the demons were ordered to somehow destroy Pastor Jack's sons, Johnny and Joey, as well as destroy the mayor, Elvira Merriweather's reputation, and use the same despicable plot for Pastor Jack. However, little they know that there are special angelic agents of God who have been sent just in case that demonic loathsome foursome might come back to River Rock. The last bunch of good angels that fought off the demons and drove them out had been assigned to another duty. But God sent three exceptional, not to mention the outstanding angels by the names of Gardover, Consolus, and Fidelity. Johnny and Joey, Pastor Jack's sons, had their relationship restored when Johnny, who had been into drugs, repented and gave his life to Jesus by praying with Joey. They decided to go fishing, and unfortunately, the demons overturned their boat. But one of God's heavenly beings, who looked at them like Jesus in jeans and a shirt, he saved them. Then the boys ran to the church where a meeting was going on. Pastor Jack was telling the members about Johnny being into drugs, and Mayor Elvira was weeping over being misunderstood about her husband's accidental death. They were both going to resign, but the congregation loved them. At that point, Johnny and Joey ran into the church with their miracle story, but also Deputy Eustace came in with Agent Kent. Now, Agent Kent had a real thing against Mayor Elvira Merriweather, mostly because she reminded him of his domineering sister who was a real pain in the neck. So he was threatening Elvira that he was going to try to get her arrested for murdering her husband, which was a lie. And Agent Kent was going to arrest Johnny for drug dealing. As Eustace and Agent Kent carted Johnny off to jail, Pastor Jack, Mayor Elvira, and the congregation prayed, as did the under-the-hood magical car parts. But suddenly, there was a shocking shaking, an eerie earthquake type of thing, which sent everyone into a commotion and action. Pastor Jack felt led by the Spirit of the Lord that the epicenter was at the jail. He told the congregation to pray and took off in his car. Jimmy and Lazarus got into Jimmy's anointed Jeep and off they went. The congregation prayed as the four demons on the roof of the church, Nagadana, Zemia, Nakashi, and Shaddam, gloated over what was going on. They had weakened the structure of the jail to produce death and mayhem. But they were beginning to be aware that all might not be well in the nefarious scheme. The head demon, Nagadana, hatefully reprimanded her dingbat demons. What in the name of all that is hellish is going on? Zemia, Shaddam, Nakashi, I know you arranged this as I commanded, didn't you? But something is up. Yes, high up, I'm afraid. Oh, you must have found up the destructive plan, you loathsome, lily-livered, listless lugs. Oh, most noxious nag, Adonna. I fear that the glorious ones have come back and are up to no good, which they look at as good. They don't seem to have our exalted wisdom of lies, confusion, death, deception, and destruction. Zip it, Celia. Like you really know what's going on. You pernicious pipsqueak. Oh, Shadam, you noxious nincompoop. As though you even have an iota of intelligence. Ah, Nakashi. You wouldn't know intelligence if it hit you in the brain. 
Enough, you tumultuous, turbid turncoats. <laughs> oh, we can't get through this prayer shield in this church. <laughs> to the jail! Meanwhile, Lazarus and Jimmy are headed for the jeep, and the Under the Hood team are speculating and praying as they amazingly heard and understood the conversation among the demons. As Jimmy turned the key in the car, Gracie gas tank exploded with enthusiasm and hope. Well, gang, here we are again. We got ourselves another dilemma to pray about. Life just seems to be that way, doesn't it? Just about the time things are looking pretty peaceful. But now we have the opportunity to pray our power prayers. And we know the most high in the sky hears every prayer and helps us. Isn't that right, Tammy Tensioner? Oh, Gracie, as per usual, you are right as rain. I know our prayers certainly lessen my tension. <laughs> yeah, I love that verse in the Bible, you know, where it says in Psalm 17, verses 4 and 5, by the word of your lips, and, and you know, that means God's lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. My steps have held fast in God's paths. And that means by the word from God's mouth to our hearts, we can keep away from the paths of the destroyer. God has given us the full armor of God and believing his word because it says above all, we have the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the balanced word of God. <laughs> and we study it more and more. Isn't that right, my little Conchita Anita intake? We put on the full armor every day. Oh, we put on the full armor every day, huh? Oh, that is so right, my most wise husband, Fernando Fuel Injector. We also have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. All these pieces go together just like our car parts, right, Mozimoto Oil? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right as right can be, Anita Intake. That's right. And I'm talking about fresh oil. Yes, sir. Fresh oil of the spirit. And the Most High in the sky said in Psalm 23:5 that He anoints our head with oil. He talks about anointing with holy oil. Isaiah 61:3 says the oil of joy instead of mourning. Mm-hmm. And joy is the serious business of God. Oh, I love, I love that joy. Not that I'm bragging about my oil in particular, per se. Let's face it, my oil is especially wonderful. Oh, you wouldn't brag. <laughs> you wouldn't brag, Mosey. You don't do that. Oh, we could not do it without you, Mosey Motor Oil. <laughs> Come on, it's okay. Okay, gang. <laughs> Time to pry. Uh-oh. There's a block in the road. I guess the earthquake made that pole fall. Well, Jimmy's taking the long way. So we hold tight and pray. And let's listen to what else Lazarus is telling Jimmy. Meanwhile, Lazarus and Jimmy got into the Jeep and took off. Lazarus had felt led by the Lord to help Johnny, which is Pastor Jack's son, to overcome his past drug problem just as Lazarus had done when he turned, by God's grace, from his life of crime. Now Jimmy and Lazarus just wanted to help the jail. Whatever had happened there? 
but also Jimmy had been hoping for an opportunity to talk with Lazarus about the time Lazarus was in hell. And how was he doing now? Jimmy'd been out of town for a while and wanted the details. Details about such an amazing rescue as Jesus pulling Lazarus out of hell. Lazarus, since we're going to be in the Jeep for a while as we take the long way to get to the jail, please tell me more details about the time you were in hell. As you know, I was out of town and I really wanted to hear more about it. Well, Jimmy, I can tell you this. I wouldn't wish hell on my worst enemy. No, no, not even on my worst enemy. This is why we must do everything we can to tell people about Jesus Christ. You know, I remember hearing a quote from an atheist who once said, If I believe what you say, you believe, I would be willing to crawl over broken glass to tell someone like me about Jesus. And that is a true statement, my friend. We must do everything we can to warn people. That was truly the worst experience I ever had in my life. It's really so awful. So desolate, so smothering, so hopeless, so empty. It is truly sheer torture in every way and taunted by the enemy that I was in hell forever. Screeching, screams. Now, Jimmy, you want no part of that. No one wants any part of that. How horrible. I know you were into crime, but didn't you have an aunt who told you about Jesus? Didn't you give Jesus your life when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. My aunt tried her best with me. But the Book of Romans warns Christians about drifting from the truth. We have to remember that the devil is called the father of lies, the author of confusion. He mixes error with truth. Or to quote a pastor friend of mine, the devil offers the hook of error surrounded by the bait of truth. That's what he did in the beginning with the first man and woman. He made Eve doubt God's word. And then he told her she could be better than God. Can you believe it? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the finale of the finale of River Rock Retaliation. To listen to the whole series, go to ChristianCarGuy.com and get the podcast on River Rock Retaliations, part one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. You're listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Now back to River Rock Retaliation, the finale. Let's listen in on Lazarus and Jimmy. Well, Jimmy, that's what happened to me. I justified what I was doing, even by using the Bible. I would cherry pick different scriptures and feel that I was doing just fine. And I was continuing deeper and deeper into the pit of hell. And I didn't even know it. I'm amazed at how much you've learned since that terrible experience. Well, I've been catching up, wanting to know the truth so it can completely set me free, you know? I know that Jesus Christ is referred to as the rock, and he has been my rock in these rocky times. I love that verse in Deuteronomy 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth, and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. He becomes more real every day to me. It's a process, isn't it? In my Bible reading today, Moses wrote about the stages of the Israelites in the wilderness. It's like that in all our lives. It's thought upon thought. Oh, yes. It's a process, all right. And precept upon precept. Like the Bible says, a process is like the ever-brightening dawn. Brighter and brighter until the full day. And now here we are at the jail. Or what's left of the jail. Pastor Jack was right. 
Here's the epicenter of the earthquake. Wow. Yep, the pastor was right. But the front part is standing. Let's go. Meanwhile, the magically anointed car parts are praying. And by the way, if God can have in the Bible a detached hand right on the wall or have a donkey speak, not to mention all the other countless miracles, why not some anointed car park parables? So the car parks team under the hood of the Jeep are discussing what they are seeing as Jimmy parks at the remains of the jail. Gracie gas tank explodes with wonder. I hope y'all don't think I've blown a gasket or I'm being foolish, but with the most high in the sky as my witness, not only do I see three good angels here at the police station, and I see the four demons are coming, but I do believe, yes I do, that I glimpsed a chariot of fire in the sky. Oh, mais oui, I agree, Gracie gas tank. In fact, I am beginning to feel the heat of the heavenly fire on my fender. And after all, in the Bible, in the story in 2 Kings, where Elisha asked God to open the eyes of his servant to see what? To see the chariots of fire. Oh, yeah, and I second that emotion. Yes, I do, Frenchie Fender. Mm -hmm. I remember that verse. Uh huh. And I believe you, Gracie Gasting. I don't see them yet, but the oil of the spirit is heating up. This fire is not dangerous, but it is dangerously heating up in the spirit glory to the most high in the sky. See? Oh, that's good to know. Car parts. I was about to spritz the fire with water, but I'm boiling with the joy and fire of the Lord. Let us pray. Meanwhile, back at the church, the town folks had listened to Mayor Elvira Merriweather as she produced records of her exoneration from the court about her late husband's tragic and accidental death. The town folk heard the legal proof, but even more than that, they knew she was utterly trustworthy and now, they were all praying for those who were at the jail and for their little town of River Rock. Elvira is praying. Thank you, Lord, that you work all things for good to those who love and honor you. And we pray for all those at the jail and for our beloved town of River Rock. And back at the jail, another miracle of sorts has taken place. The three angels guard over Consalas and Fidelity, who are invisible to the humans, surround a pile of fallen beams and rubbish. And we see Johnny, Pastor Jack's son, actually digging out Agent Kent and Eustace. <laughs> oh boy, well thank you, Johnny. I think you saved our lives. I just about ran out of breath. Are you doing okay, Agent Ken? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Johnny, thank you. You could have just run away, but you chose to save our lives. You know, it's, it's like the Lord just knocked some sense into me. And when I felt like I was going to die, I suddenly realized that I was lying in an old man's rubble. Yeah, Old Man's Rubble, I remember that song from long ago in church. As I ran out of breath, it just came to me like a flash of light that I was listening to the wrong voices. Yeah, thank you, Johnny, and believe me, I'm going to do all I can to make sure you go free immediately. 
And I'm leaving that Mayor Elvira alone, too. I knew she was innocent, but she just reminded me of my bullying sister, doggone it. And phew! And I forgive my sister, too. Wowzers! I've heard some deathbed confessions, Agent Canton, but this was one of the best I've heard. I'm proud of you, Johnny, my son. Hi, Jimmy and Lazarus. Just in time to hear about some of the miracles. Oh, praise God. Amen to that, Lazarus. Just then, the three angels guard over Consolas and Fidelity confer as they head upward. Well done, Consolas and Fidelity. A perfect plan to avert needless death. Yes, guard over. But the way you rearranged what the demons created when they were going to kill everyone was the perfect plan to work good out of evil. Yes, Consolas and guard over. It kept them alive but finally knocked sense into that Agent Kent. Through your whispering in Agent Kent's ear, Fidelity, good thinking. As inspired by our mighty God, now to the King immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be Be all all glory and 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 honor and and praise praise forever. I believe the Most High in the sky has sent the big guns, as it were. Chains of fire! Just then, the four demons approached the jail, expecting mayhem and death. When, what to their terrified eyes should appear? But some chariots of fire that caused them to fear. Oh no, oh no, 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 not the chariots of fire. <gasps> Zinia, Nakashi, Shaddam, do something. Oh. oh, with your permission, and even without it, most noxious Nagadonna, I'm thinking withdrawal would be nice. What? Miserable Have a good idea. As much as I hate you and dread meeting up again with the slimy, shoddy Supreme Commander, I fear the fires of hell would be pleasant compared to these fires. Oh, I fear we are between the rock and a hard place. What did you say? The rock? Uh, oh, Never mind. Get out of my way, you substandard nitwits. Right behind you, Negadonna. Let's get out of here. Scoop, skedaddle. Get you move it, Zinia. So once again, the demons are driven out of town. But who knows when they'll be back. Tune in next time to see where God takes River Rock on its next adventure. And now, Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy. Did you notice that demon mentioned that we were between a rock and a hard place? Randy, I think when we hit rock bottom, it's time to be bolder in prayer. (laughs) Yeah, Daddy. That earthquake rocked those demons' world. You know the difference between a shaker and a quaker is two points on the Richter scale. (laughs) Prayer not only shakes, it can also make demons quake. Just just when we don't see how things will work out and the storm seems to be sweeping us out to the sea. If we look up and pray like Peter, we can walk on water. And you know, Peter being the rock that didn't sink. Just saying. <laughs> Randy, I just realized why Peter stepped out of their vessel because he didn't want to rock their boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nope. Rock the boat, Daddy. Rock the boat. Don't tip the boat over. <laughs> you know, but a good lesson for us to learn from Peter is to keep our eyes on the rock. 
in rocky times. That would be Jesus. He's our rock. Keep our eyes on him. We don't sink. <laughs> hey, Denny, what's the number one favorite movie of every geologist that ever lived? Ever, ever. Heinrich of the Caribbean. Say <laughs> goodbye, Danny. <laughs> See you later, radiator. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.